Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Biden Laces podcast. My name is Blau Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? Gobble, gobble, gobble. That is turkey for I am doing absolutely fantastic. How are you, Blau? I'm doing great as well, Trenton. Great. Glad to see you're doing good on this Thanksgiving morning. Um, we have a lot of football ahead of us, and it's going to be a pretty good day. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. What about you? Yeah, um, and I think, you know, we, we got to be thankful for friends, family, podcasts, co-hosts, and, of course, football. Uh, Thanksgiving is always going to have those wonderful Thanksgiving games, and we have a special segment later on in this podcast where we cover those Thanksgiving games and figure out which team is going to let their running backs feast today. That is something to definitely look forward to, and I have no idea where that segment will take us. So it'll be interesting to dive into that. But before we get into that, we have to take a moment to acknowledge a major loss being felt throughout the NFL community with the passing of Dallas Cowboys strength and conditioning coordinator Marcus Paul. Uh, At 7.30 a.m. on Tuesday, he was transferred to a local hospital with an undisclosed medical condition prompting the Cowboys to cancel their Tuesday practice for the game that they'll be playing later on today. He was part of the Cowboys since 2018 and was promoted to the current position that he held of strength conditioning coordinator once Mike McCarthy took over the team. And prior to his coaching career, he was a defensive back from 1989 to 1993 with the Chicago Bears, who obviously are – connection to because of our favorite team and he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers prior to the Cowboys he coached for the Saints Patriots Jets and Giants so he he made his way around the league I mean he spent a lot of time in New York but he he's made an impact everywhere he's went and his loss is being felt so we just wish his um give our condolences to his family and hopefully I don't know. There's nothing else to really say. I mean, yeah, it's it's very clear that he was very well loved and well respected by both current players and former players, uh, front office members, and coaching staff all around the league. So, um, yeah, just a just a sad story overall. You can definitely expect the Cowboys will be honoring him during their game today. Yeah. Um, So continuing on news, we have further sad news. Uh, Bengals Bengals fans, please uh, mute the podcast for a little bit. Joe Burrow is uh, going to be out for the year, and he's got a long road uh, of recovery ahead of him after he had an absolutely terrible knee injury. Um, he has ACL, MCL tears, uh, damage to his PCL and also the meniscus. It's a lot of structural damage to his knee. And, uh, it's just, it's something you don't like to see, um, a for any player, but B, especially for a, a rookie quarterback, number one overall pick and, the the future and face of the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. Additionally, we have Teddy Bridgewater 
coming back. He's expected to play for the Panthers against the Vikings, although Christian McCaffrey is still going to be expected to miss that game. So the Carolina Panthers will have two of their – or one out of their two star players back for them in – uh pretty tight game against the Vikings. So, look forward to that. I mean, the the Panthers played really well though. I mean, against the against the Lions, they shut them out and no one was honestly expecting that. And and for a guy who hadn't played in the NFL, who's been cut a lot and had to go to the XFL, he he's so unknown that I have blanked on his name. What is his name, Trent? His name is PJ Walker, and he was considered the Patrick Mahomes of the XFL. Well, um, nice to see him get a shot, and hopefully I will remember his name going forward. And I don't know. Um, the Vikings did not play well against the Cowboys. I mean, they let the Cowboys beat them, and the Cowboys have been playing pretty bad overall. So, um I don't know what that says about the Vikings. But uh, we'll see how it goes. And and Bridgewater is back. That's all I have to say. All right. I'm going into one of our least favorite segments of this whole show. But it has to be discussed nonetheless is the COVID situation surrounding the NFL. And it has actually taken an effect that is causing – another schedule change, which we haven't seen one of those in a quite in quite a few weeks. And no earlier in the season we had a couple of them, but this one is a postponement of a game that was supposed to be played tonight between the Steelers and the Ravens on think on NBC for their for the night Thanksgiving game, which we've been accustomed to having three games every year for Thanksgiving. But this one has been now moved from tonight to Sunday afternoon. Still, it'll be playing on NBC. And it's all mainly because the Ravens have not been able to get their COVID situation under control. And they're blaming it mainly on a strength and conditioning coach who failed to report symptoms and was not wearing a mask or a tracking device, which they're saying that is what has basically started this outbreak, which has affected players such as Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Brandon Williams, Clayus Campbell, Parnell McPhee, Matt Sucra, and Patrick McCarty. And these are eight, roughly eight people on the team who've gotten, who tested positive. So it's, uh, or have been in close contact. Yeah, it's just, um, it's an, another example of just how important it is right now to to stay with these covid guidelines and to to be safe but it's a it's a rough break for the steelers cuz now they have another game that's that's been postponed for them first it was steelers titans and now it's uh steelers ravens so the the players on the steelers are just definitely not happy i mean they had their their bye week taken away from them because of the Titans, and now, uh, now they lose their their primetime slot on Thanksgiving for this. So, um, uh, yeah, I also want to I think I apologize for the count. I think I said there were eight. I think it's actually seven. So, 
counted someone extra apparently in there. <laughs> but uh, like you said, the the Steelers can't catch a break with COVID because they had to deal with it earlier in the year, and it's not their fault; it's the opponent's fault. And I would be enraged, just like just like a lot of the Steelers players, like you said, are tweeting out that it's not their fault. Why are they? But that's again going with the pandemic. You have to deal with these different types of situations, and still, the Steelers are undefeated, so I don't think it's really affecting them that much. Yeah, uh, just hopefully for them, you know, they they do get to play this game on Sunday instead of having it postponed even further. That would be that would be a um, a worse option because. Then you have to figure out possibilities of maybe a week 18 somewhere there. or, But the fact that it just went from a Thursday to a Sunday, which gives the teams more time, is probably a good situation to be in right now. Yeah. Uh, moving on from some, some of this more uh, deep and sad news, Mark Long, who is a reporter and writer for the Associated Press, tweeted this very interesting thing that I thought was pretty funny. Mike Lennon, quarterback, was benched in 2017 for Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky for the Bears, uh, who got benched this year for Nick Foles, who got benched last year for Gardner Minshew, who got replaced by Jake Luton this year, who has now been benched in favor of Mike Lennon. So the circle of the NFL continues. Um, man, Mike Lennon just feels like so long ago um, when the Bears brought him in and said, you know, this is going to be our our franchise guy after Jay Cutler. And in that same that same offseason, they pick up Mitchell Trubisky. That whole situation was uh, was a mess. I mean. Jay Cutler was much better quarterback than Mike Lennon. I mean, if you weren't going to go with, if you weren't going to stick with him, then you probably should have went out and picked someone who was either of that skill set level or or better, which did not happen. And now Mike Glennon's been bouncing around, and again, like you said, it's just a whole circle. And uh, Mike Glennon's not not a good quarterback in general, so. Make, it's fitting that he's on Jacksonville. Yeah, and uh, wouldn't it be interesting if he had a an incredible game and then it becomes Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy getting rid of Mike Davis, who has found his place now with the Panthers, and uh, Trey Burton, who has found his place with the Colts. <laughs> what can I say? They didn't, they didn't perform when they played for the Bears, but uh... – they can find a way to revive their careers other ways than good for them. Yeah, good for them indeed. Um, I um, I wanted to mention something. Yes. Yeah. On so you know the Pro Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a game this year in person, but they're still fan voting, and they're still going. The players are still going to be voted in. Can you guess who's leading the charge in the fan voting right now? Man. Uh... Who could it be? It's got to be Patrick Mahomes. You got that right, actually. You got that right. 
<laughs> what's his uh, what's his vote total at right now? What do you think? I'll give you a hint. It's in the hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Uh, let's say three hundred thousand. All right, two more guesses. Two more guesses. Higher or lower? Lower it down by two hundred thousand. One hundred thousand. You're in. You're getting there. One more. In there. Okay. Uh, let's go. One hundred fifty thousand. You definitely don't have the the website open, do you? <laughs> no, I don't actually. All right. It's one hundred and forty-two thousand three hundred and fifty-five. Okay, that was sort of close. Second place is second place right now is Russell Wilson with one hundred and thirty-nine thousand eight hundred and thirty-nine, with Dalvin Cook coming in at one hundred and thirty-one thousand eight hundred and seventy-five. So that that's the top three in fan, in fan voting right now. So it'll be uh, interesting to see where this all ends up. But I think you can expect that those top three players will be in the Pro Bowl. This is just one aspect of it, though. I think I believe there's uh, coaches and players in general have to also vote at some point. But just to see, this is where the fans want the players to be. Interesting. I mean, you know, the fans the fans are always right, right, Bilal. <laughs> That's a very debatable point, subject, Trenton. <laughs> fans. If we listen to fans for everything, then. Um, the league would be in a very, very different place. Yeah. Let's just say it might have been the fans who pulled Trubisky out in favor of Nick Foles, but we're, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> Why don't we move on to something else? Uh, a lot of these players in the Pro Bowl might make it onto the list for this next segment. Uh, the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame has announced it's 25 modern era semifinalists for the class of 2021. So one of my favorite parts of the off season and the NFL honor show that takes place the night before the Super Bowl is the, is the hall of fame segment. Like there's that whole moment, that whole five, six moments when they're on stage and just announcing the next class of hall of famers. It's a really powerful moment, and I love the music. I love just the whole production of it. And we're now at a point where a lot of the players that we grew up watching are going to be able to – are eligible to be in the Hall of Fame. And before it was – you knew every other player that's in there because they probably played at a time where you weren't old enough to comprehend what was going on with the game, but now it's at a firm point where we've seen these players play and we've been fans of them for for a long time. So looking at this list here, Trenton, what's a name that caught your eye when you first saw that list? Um, Wow. When I first saw the list, I think I would have to say the first name that popped up to me was Peyton Manning. Yeah, um, that was... Definitely one of them. He's one of the first-year first eligible players in addition to Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, and Jared Allen. So, I mean, those are – all four of those should be 
uh, brought in on the first ballot, but most likely that isn't going to happen because we have so many other worthy players who didn't make it in on their first attempt who are now in for a second try. Uh, looking at the list, when I first saw it, I saw Peyton Manning as well because he he's still around in a way. He's doing different – he's always on TV with these commercials – um, the nationwide commercials you can't you can't get rid of the guy, and he's just made so much of an impact on the game and one of the best players to ever do it. So that's the name that caught my attention as well. I don't think yeah. that's a surprise that we both picked the same guy. No, because I mean, for for years, Peyton Manning was like the face of an, an NFL franchise quarterback. And he's yeah. gone through the most – well, not the most, but he's gone through a significant amount of adversity, having to miss that whole 2011 season with the neck the neck injury and then coming back with the Broncos, leading them to two Super Bowls, winning one of them, having that record-breaking performance in 2013 with the 55 touchdowns, the, the – the the one game the open the start of the year with like seven touchdowns to start off it was <laughs> people don't do that that often and you don't see a talent like Peyton Manning around yeah even though his uh his postseason performances weren't always spectacular um you always knew that that Peyton Manning could pull off the magic right, so from this list there are going to be roughly four to eight people who get selected. So who do you think will make it in, and who do you think who do you want to make it in? Wow, that's uh. Let's get let's limit it down to five people. Five people, okay. That you that's... want and that you know will make it in. So two separate lists. Let's see that that I know or that I I think will make it in. I'd say Peyton Manning. That'd be one. Um, why don't we go with, wow, I, I have to pick Charles Woodson too. Um, and then why don't we go with, uh, wow. What would it be like if Reggie Wayne were to also get in the same year as Peyton Manning? And, uh, let's see, let's go with Richard Seymour. Defensive end, defensive tackle, with uh, the Patriots, and is this is this fourth down? Is this fourth down below? <laughs> I have one more left. My mind is uh, still a little more active than Tom Brady here. <laughs> Good point. Good. Point. Sorry, sorry. I just had to are bring gonna, that are in. Gonna, are you gonna snub the handshake too? <laughs> uh. I will. I will definitely not. Um, let's go with uh, Pony Baselli, tackle for the uh, for the Jaguars. All right. So that was your list of who will make it in. Who do you want to make it in? Ooh, who do I want to make it in? Payne Manning, Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, Jared Allen. <laughs> Man, is that already? That's already four. Uh, 
Um, how about I go with uh, John Lynch, safety for uh, the Buccaneers and the Broncos, hard-hitting safety. Smart. It's a good list. My list, who I want – no, sorry, I'm going to go who I will. Who I will, um, Peyton Manning, definitely. Um, Rondé Barber. Uh, Rodney Harrison. One of my three. Uh, Tory Holt and Calvin Johnson. All right. Usually, usually you don't see that many people um, of the same position get in, but um, we've only picked in five, and they usually go up to eight. But who I want to get in, I want Manning to get in. I want Charles Woodson. I want Jared Allen. I want um, Reggie Wayne and Patrick Willis. All right. That is my list of Hall of Famers. So if, the, if I was ever on the nominating committee, then I would I'd pick. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, though. Again, like we picked the main people. We started off our lists of who we wanted to with the – First year eligible players, which consisted of Manning, Johnson, Woodson, Allen. It's because we know those players better than we know all the other players on the list for the most right. part. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like some of it might also be just because uh, they're more modern. So, of course, we've, like you said, we've seen more of them, but also they've played in an, in an era where, you know, social media is just rampant. And there's so much information and, and footage available of them so that, you know, every, everybody knows them. Exactly. You can also just YouTube and find the highlights from a few years ago of a game that you may have watched on TV but may not remember. Did you watch the highlights? Like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. I watched that. So you just – that's what sits in your mind. I mean, these Hall of these – selectors who pick these Hall of Famers have a pretty hard job ahead of them, so it'll be interesting to see what they they decide to do. All right, moving on. We are going to dive into the NFL.com power rankings and I have to get this out of the way first. Looking at this list, the Bears dropped three spots. How is that possible, Trenton? We didn't even play a game. I I believe they think that the Bears lost to the bye week. I hmm, I don't know. I thought we did. I thought we beat the beat the bye week pretty well. We got uh, we got most of our players healed up. Montgomery cleared concussion protocol. Trubisky's shoulders done pretty well. Oh, Trubisky. We'll get in that. We'll get in that in, <laughs> in a few minutes. But I'm just saying, I don't get how we can have dropped three spots in the power rankings, even though we didn't play a game. Anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> for the teams that didn't move, the Chiefs are still at number one. Steelers are still at number two, even though they are undefeated. They still are not the number one team, apparently. The Saints are number three still. The Rams moved up six spots from number 10 to number four. 
Packers are still number five. The Bucks dropped only two spots after their defeat against the Ravens. Not the Ravens. The Rams. They, they're number six now. Previously, they're number four. The Bills are steady at seven. The Raiders are steady at eight. Seahawks jumped up four to number nine. Previously, they're number 13. And the Colts moved up in the top 10 to number 10. Previously, number 12. Thoughts on the top 10? Yeah. Um, honestly, what is it? The f- top three that did not move, that didn't surprise me too much. The Rams moving up six spots from 10 to four. That's a little bit surprising to me, I think. Uh, just considering how how up and down they've kind of felt. Um the Bucks have been all over the place. I thought they would drop a little bit more. But uh, how about you, Bilal? The Bucks should have dropped at least three spots just for Tom Brady not shaking hands. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good point. Second time, uh, second time this year, or at least second time that people have noticed. Yeah, and both times he's played a quarterback that he's played in the Super Bowl. One time he's – both times he's lost. So, um, imagine the players that have to go – no, not have to, but they go and shake Tom Brady's hand after he beats them by, like, 30 points. It, it's part of the game, man. You have to – it's a sportsmanship aspect of the game that you should maintain and uphold, but that's, that's another topic. Um, no, this top 10 here for the most part is, I mean, it stayed the same. It's either, and a lot of the teams in general, even if they move, they only move two or three spots up or down. And most of them have stayed in the exact same position. So not really much else to comment on the top 10. Um, surprised the Raiders are still at eight though, because of how they blew that game against the Chiefs at the end. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but honestly, that that offense for the Raiders is clicking. It was um, a good performance, except that they couldn't pull out the win, though. Yeah. Well, you could put up 500 yards of offense, but if your team loses, by, then it's a loss. Yeah. That's uh, like I'm not not saying they should drop out of the top ten. They could stay there, but like maybe at number ten, probably would be yeah. where I would put them. That's fair. That's fair for sure. I think. I mean, the Panthers moved up five spots. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I ex- kind of expected a nice jump after the, you destroy the Lions. Yeah, um, Matt Patricia, I feel like he's not going to be with the Lions for – he's definitely not going to be with the Lions, I think, after this season. But I think even, even like, by the end of the season, he might be gone. That is a very valid point. And speaking of the Lions, they dropped nine spots. <laughs> so uh... – that they're, is they're at number 29 real. now. Previously, they were number 20. And I don't think I've ever seen a team 
drop um, nine spots. But if he wants stability, you can always <laughs> go to the Jaguars and the Jags to close out at 31 and 32. Oh, my God. You... <laughs> the listeners can't see it, but you said that with such a straight face. <laughs> oh, man. The Jaguars and, looking, and the Jets. And here's this one quote from Frank Gore, who is his um, – it was in his 16th season with the NFL. In the NFL, he says, "You don't want to go 0 and 16, especially if this is my last year. I can't go out like that." And just imagine a team going 0 and 16. I mean, it's happened. It's not hard to imagine the Browns have done it. The Lions have done it. But like, just for the, just for Frank Gore in general, he's such a good guy, such a good player. Such a, I mean, you don't want to see a guy end his career like that. He doesn't want either. He's like, can we win one game? Please? Yeah. The last, you can pick the first overall pick. Just let me have one win so that I can retire. I mean, yeah, right now, veteran running backs, uh, Frank Gore with the, the 0 and 10 Jets, and Adrian Peterson with the the four and six lines that just got shut out. <laughs> it's uh, it's not looking like a, a good year for them. Peterson's probably wishing that he was still on the re- on the uh, the on Washington, Washington football team. team. I was about to call him by the previous name, uh, but um, yeah, he's probably wishing they're still there because of how bad of a division they play in. They still have a chance to make it. Yeah, the playoffs, which is un- unbelievable, honestly. Um, the Eagles are three six and one, and they are leading the division. <laughs> There's so many other teams that if they were to be in that division, they would have had like a significant. They'd be number one automatically. Put yeah. The Bears, put the Bears in that division. They'd be two games ahead of the of the Eagles. Yeah, everybody in the NFC East has uh, three wins. So literally, whoever wins their next game takes the lead in the NFC East. It's a it's a it's, wild division. It's um, at the same time, it's embarrassing to have a division like that, but it's also exciting to see who actually come out of that mess. <laughs> All right, ready to uh, dive into the Thanksgiving games that yeah. we have. It's going to start in a little bit too. So, first game on the on the slate is the Texans at the Lions. Wow, um, two teams that have not had very good seasons. Uh, it's definitely not turned out to be what they wanted. The Texans have fired their head coach, and the Lions might not be too far behind them. <laughs> Do you think that with a win? Today, Matt Patricia has a potential to save his job. Save his job past this season or save his job until the end of the season? We'll stick with until the end of the season. Until the end of the season, yeah, I think so. If Patricia can can figure out how to how to make that happen. Um, yeah. 
Interesting, interesting. What's what are you looking forward to for this game besides sitting on your couch and eating food? What <laughs> if, specifically for this game? What are you looking at? Ooh, um, I mean, I think Matthew Stafford is still coming into this game a little banged up for sure, and uh, I feel like Deshaun Watson will will take over offensively you know put up a, a pretty good performance i mean you know he's he's usually exciting to watch he does have the highest passer rating for a losing quarterback with a losing record with 108.6 that's the highest passer rating and matthew stafford is four and five in thanksgiving games so ooh, maybe he can make it to five and five <laughs> Or he can fall a little further. And he can get in the lines in themselves for four and six. So, I don't know. One thing I'm interested in looking at is just how the game starts off. Is it going to be one of those games where you're playing two bad teams are playing each other and it looks like two bad teams are playing each other? Or is it two bad teams who still have a chance lines more than the Texans, but are still fighting to, to um, prove, prove something to themselves and the league. Right. The Lions are in a better position right now. Record wise, if they win this game, they go to five and six, which would be bad for the division overall, but uh, they're not out of it yet. Texans are, it's a struggle for them now. Yeah, it's it's definitely because they're dealing with the Titans and the Colts in their division. So, like in in general, I don't think the wild card would be a a, a valid option for them at this point. No, so they have to win the division, and that doesn't seem likely. Yeah, they're too far at this point. But um, I don't know. I feel like this has the potential to turn into an unexpected shootout you know, high-scoring affair. I mean, Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson are both great quarterbacks, and, you know, they can they can light up the stats. They definitely can, but, like, they so choose. that's the point right there. Will they? Like, if they – like you just said, if they so choose. They have the potential. But you said Stafford's banged up, and Watson just hasn't been performing well. I mean, he got the big contract, but – but what is he shown for it? In yeah. general, like his team, he is a good player. I'm not knocking that. But like just this year, this team has had a lot of dysfunction. And is it because they traded DeAndre Hopkins? Could be. Because he's having a great time in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, um, I mean, right now, um, the NFL has the Texans ranked 19th overall on offense they're ninth in passing even without deandre hopkins but on the other hand they're 31st in rushing and they traded deandre hopkins for uh running back david johnson so that's not a good look for him nope not at all but i don't know it's just two two bad teams going up against each other and honestly it's kind of I'm kind of happy that this game is the first game so that we can 
get it out of the way and move on. Yeah, and uh, sadly, we move on to an afternoon game that <laughs> not much better in the, the record column. No, it is not, but it has playoff <laughs> implications, right? Because we mentioned how bad the NFC East is. <laughs> With the Washington football team playing the Dallas Cowboys, they're both 3-7. and seven. So, I mean, the Eagles are only a game ahead because of that tie which counts as a half game because they have six losses. But like, like you said earlier, they all have three wins. So whoever wins this game, at least until Sunday, is number one in the division. Yeah, which, and uh, um, the Cowboys have Andy Dalton and the, the Washington football team has Alex Smith. I'll and... take Alex Smith. <laughs> I mean – they did um, beat the Bengals, which I'd expected them to do anyway. But it really turned around once Joe Burrow went out in that game. So that's a big uh, a big component of why the Washington football team won that game. But they have scored 20 points in four straight games. Yeah, Alex and, Smith is definitely, I think, the answer for them. And Dallas has allowed 20 points in each of the past 10 games. So I, it's safe to say that Washington is going to score is going to score a lot of points. I'd say between yeah. 20 to 30 points, and the Cowboys are just going to have to find a way to defend it because they're going to allow a good amount of a decent amount of points. It's just a fact with the Cowboys. Like, if they come out and hold the Washington to, like, 10 points, that'll be a shocker. But then it'd be – you can expect it to happen. It's, it's football, so things happen. But just looking historically speaking, Washington is going to score and Dallas is going to let them score. So it's going to be, like, how much can Dallas score to counter that? If that yeah. all made any sense, the whole yeah, that went through. <laughs> yeah, I I gotcha. Um, honestly, just looking at this right now, it feels so weird that just a few years ago, both of these quarterbacks, Alex Smith and Andy Dalton, of course, were not on these teams, and now we see them. You know, one of them's on Washington, one of them's with Dallas. It's just so weird to be seeing them on completely different teams in a in a pandemic season <laughs> and this season's just been so weird yeah and this again uh, it's just a way to sum up 2020 but you know how zeke likes to feast yeah he is um the second most since this 1970 merger in rushing yards on Thanksgiving with 96.3 rushing yards. He's, uh, he's carrying on, carrying on that legacy of, of Emmett Smith, with the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, we didn't actually pick who's going to win these games. So who, who are you taking for the first game? Texans at Lions. Ooh, I'm going to take Texans here. I am also taking the Texans. Um, Blinds. I mean, they just lost twenty to zero. 
I'm taking I'm sorry. Who who are you taking the next game? Ooh, the next game. I'm gonna go with Washington in this one. Washington is is the better choice as well. I'm taking them because I just trust Alex Smith over and Dalton and Mike McCarthy right now. It's just the maybe it's just the feeling like Alex Smith deserves this chance and um He's proven himself so far, so why not continue? There you go. Looking pretty good. All right, Trenton, going to some Bears news. There's not much to talk about, but we did have a very difficult opponent this week. Yeah, the bye week. They held us to zero carries and zero rushing yards. And Man, hasn't this been the, the issue with the offense in the past few weeks? It has been, but also the defense stepped up mightily. Wow, zero yards. That's wild. And zero points. Zero yards, zero points. There we go. Never, never seen before in the NFL, perhaps. I've been, actually, Trenton, I think it happens every, every week, every once in a while. Every week, every once in a while. Well, you know, you can't have everything. Too bad for the bye week, though. The bye week <laughs> is a very... I don't think the bye week has ever won a game. Ooh. But they never lost a game either, so <laughs> it's time. Zero, zero, and a uh, large number. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Boy, we have some important news coming up for the Sunday's game, and um, would you like to take the honors of basically announcing the quarterback situation? Yeah, so Matt Nagy, does not want to announce the starting quarterback for the Sunday game against the Green Bay Packers. But the fact that Trubisky has been a full participant in practice and Nick Foles has not been practicing, it kind of points in the direction of Mitchell Trubisky starting, don't you think, Bilal? If I had to pick between the two quarterbacks, I would definitely think that Trubisky. I'm just for the fact that he practiced <laughs> and he's been out for three weeks working on his injury while Foles has had lesser, had lesser time, even though there was a bye week and his injury just looked worse compared to Trubisky's. I mean, you can't compare it. You can't compare a hip pointer to a shoulder injury, but it's like the, the level of the injury was, um, was much more severe for Foles and, it's honestly about time we go back to Trubisky because I mentioned it last week. He just does things that Trubisky, that, sorry, that Foles cannot do. And I think this experiment has run its course. You, we benched him. I believe he's, I believe he's a better quarterback. It's been, we're going to week 12 now. He was benched in week three. It's almost nine weeks in between that that he's actually been on the field for a significant portion. And I think he learned, at least he should have. And we'll just have to find out. Yeah, you definitely hope so. But I think definitely Mitchell Trubisky returning to the starting lineup is a good thing for the Bears because, you know, all offseason, this offense was pretty much built for Trubisky. Um, whether it be, you know, running play action or running the RPO, design quarterback runs, and just utilizing his mobility and putting Nick Foles in there 
to play the shotgun quarterback the entire time just hasn't worked out for the Bears. Um, and that's that's something we we saw last year as well. Um, last year, the Bears ran, ran the offense mostly out of shotgun. Uh, I believe it was about 76% of the time, which was about sixth highest in the NFL. Uh, whereas in week one, it was only 42% with Trubisky. And, you know, they were running more out of the I formation, a heavy set, more running backs, more tight ends, and they were having success with it. Um, but once Nick Foles came in as quarterback and, you know, he's primarily a shotgun quarterback, they've done a little bit of single back and I formation with him, but, you know, they're primarily doing the run game out of the shotgun with him. And it just hasn't been working. I mean, the run game, when you're in shotgun, most defense defensemen are already preparing it for a pass. So if it's not a, if it's not a pass, then he's going to, and he hands it off and they're already on their way there. So it's like, who are you fooling? You're not, you're not tricking anyone. And uh, the mobility of Trubisky with his rushing yards that he's accumulated over these, even the few games that he's played in, in the beginning of the year, it just is another aspect people have to defend. And it'll be just something the Packers have to watch going forward. Yeah, um, and some of Trubisky's mobility just can't be can't be counted in the stats. Um, we have here his his rushing stats from the first three weeks of the season: twenty six yards, sixteen yards, and then he had the one big forty five yard run in week three. And you know that that just doesn't tell the whole story of how much better the offense has run with Trubisky being able to escape from pressure, whereas Nick Foles just keeps backpedaling and then says, Hey, I think, I think Jimmy Graham is somewhere over this way. Let's uh, loft it up there and see what happens. He backs up also way too much. He'll take way too many steps back. And then he, most of the time he, he, he will just make the wrong decision throw it in the wrong place, or throw it off balance. So, that can't happen. Yeah. Um, I saw a stat from uh, somewhere that the Trubisky's average pocket time, which is between the snap and throwing the ball or pressure collapsing the pocket, was two and a half seconds. And for Nick Foles, it was 2.2 seconds. And, you know, it's only a, a point three second difference in average time but when you're a quarterback and you're throwing the ball and you're standing there in the pocket you know 0.3 seconds could be the difference between taking a sack or you know uh alan robinson running downfield and then making that cut and getting open so i think definitely with trubisky bears have a better chance i I hope you're right, and I hope this game somehow turns around the fortunes of the Bears. I mean, coming off a of bye week, which we statistically have not had a good run in the past six years, coming off the bye week, considering that we are 0-6. But uh, if there's any time that we need to turn around the season right now, it is this moment, because coming up, we have the Lions, which are a beatable team. 
We have the Texans after that, I believe. Then it comes to the Jaguars. Then it comes to the Packers. I believe if I did not get the schedule wrong, I think that is. And if you beat the Packers once at least and you win the rest of those games and you lose to the Packers again, that would get us to 10 and 6. And that's, that's a respectable record, honestly. And with the additional wildcard spot, it, um, it'll be interesting to see how these all play. But we have to win this game. Like, I mean, we have to win every game, but this game is, if you really want to turn around the fortunes of the Bears, this is the game to, to take on. All right, moving on. Let's, uh, let's pick some games here. Close out the show on a, on a fun note and pick some games. All right. So we already picked the first two games of the week. We each took the Texans and we took the Washington football team. So moving past that, who are you taking for the Dolphins versus the Jets? <laughs> I feel like we always, uh, we always joke when we come to the Jets. Um, so, well, the Jets you know, are a joke. So. <laughs> Got to take the Dolphins here. I am also going with the Dolphins because I don't have a reason to pick the, the Jets. Uh, the Panthers or the Vikings? No. Ooh. Yeah, go with Panthers. this game. I yeah. skipped ahead, but we'll go back. Panthers at Vikings. I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. I'm... Uh, I... Sorry, go through your analysis and then I'll... I'm, I just feel check. like the Vikings are a more solid team overall. Uh, they're, they're more balanced than the Panthers, I think. I... I'm going with the Panthers on this one. Um... I mean, they played well last week with the backup quarterback. The Vikings lost against the Cowboys in a game they probably should have won, probably were projected to win because it was the Cowboys. Um, So I'm going with the Panthers because I just don't trust the Vikings. And it helps the Bears if the Vikings lose. (laughs) Um, Cardinals at the Patriots. I, I feel like if it were any other team, I would go with Patriots, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. I'm actually going with the Patriots. Um, they had an off week last week when they lost against the Texans after destroying the – after putting up pretty good numbers against the Ravens. But I still think the Patriots are in a good, uh, in a decent position. They're not great. They're not terrible. They're in the middle. They still have a bell check, so you can't count them out. So, going with the Patriots. Browns at Jaguars. Got to go with the Browns here. No doubt about that. I mean, the Jaguars have won, like, one game. A game the Jets have. And they're starting Mike Lennon. And, oh, that's uh, that's that, it. That's a deal breaker right there. <laughs> Moving on, the the Titans at the Colts. This is going to be, I think, one of the more entertaining games of this week. I'm going to go with the Titans here, actually. I'm picking the Colts. They put up All a right. good show against the, the Packers. They came back from a deficit starting off the second half and 
they held their own to win in overtime. So I like where this team is going, and and they have a strong future ahead of them. The Giants at the Bengals. Going to go with the Giants here. Yeah, same here. I mean, the Bengals just lost their franchise quarterback now, like Joe Burrow, and even before that, they weren't that great of a team, but he still put them in a manageable situations to help um, win games, but they don't have them anymore. Giants. Chargers at the Bills. Ooh, this is... When you think of trap game, this comes to mind. <laughs> uh, you know, the Bills have better record, arguably the better offensive performance, and also arguably the better defensive performance, but man, Justin Herbert is on fire. I'm going to go with the Chargers here. Just gut gut feeling. Going to go with the Chargers. And gut feelings have paid off pretty well on this show, though, in the past. Um, it's an interesting choice. Have an argument they could go both sides, just like you just said. Um, but Herbert's put up good numbers. As a, as a rookie quarterback, he's done well. And a guy who had, who was not even supposed to really play that much this year, but injury put him in and he got the job going. So I am leaning towards the Chargers in this one, going with them. Interesting. I thought you were going to take the Bills. It could have gone either way. Like you, it's, you, you mentioned it being a trap game, and the last time there was a trap game that came up was the Steelers and the Jaguars last week, and Steelers took care of that. So I don't know how much I'm going to go into this trap game situation now. Uh, the Raiders at the Falcons. I'm going to go with the Raiders here. Yeah, so am I. I mean, they put a pretty good fight against the Chiefs last week, and the Falcons are still in a disarray, which they have won. I mean, they've won roughly three games since they fired their head coach, but it, just the way they started off the season, I don't think that they're – the team that we've been accustomed to seeing over the years from Atlanta. So taking, taking the Raiders. The game that was supposed to be played tonight – but it's now been moved to Sunday afternoon. The Ravens at Steelers. Man, and it would have been a would have been a good end to Thanksgiving. Finally, two teams with a winning record <laughs> to be playing. But uh, I'm gonna go with the Steelers here. Ten and zero. I think they're gonna go to eleven and zero. I believe so. And if the Steelers, I'm going with the Steelers. And if the Steelers win, and Vegas or Miami, I believe does not tie. They clinch a playoff spot. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs anyway, but it'll be official. Uh, the Saints at the Broncos. Ooh, Saints and Broncos. This is this is an interesting one. I think if Drew Brees were were starting for the Saints, I would go with the Saints. But because it's Taysom Hill, and I feel like he's still a little shaky, I'm going to go with the Broncos here. I'm going with the Saints again um, because what I saw from Taysom Hill was pretty good. Uh, He's learning through this, but at the same time, he has enough skill that he can still make plays whenever he has to as he learns to develop as a 
passing quarterback. And with that, with him in general, they have a lot of more options available. Like they could run out of the wildcat, or they could, um, they could even bring in Jamison for a play or two and have Taysom Hill <laughs> go back to his wide receiver positions or something like that. So like they're just options available. And the Broncos in general haven't been doing so well, and Drew Locke is coming off injury. So yeah, and the Saints defense has been playing lights out. They sacked Matt Ryan in the last game eight times. So, uh, I, yeah, despite the fact that they don't have Drew Brees, I think the Saints are a better team. The Chiefs at the Buccaneers, Mahomes versus Brady. Ooh, gonna go with Chiefs here. Go with the Bucks. Um, Tom Brady, you don't want to pick against Tom Brady when he comes off of such a disappointing loss, <laughs> and he rarely loses two games in a row. So, and I just think the Bucks. I mean, I mean the Raiders put up a good fight against the Chiefs, so like they've exposed areas of the, the Chiefs, but Mahomes is still Mahomes. But again, it's a it's a gut feeling thing. You went really gut feeling for the Chiefs I mean, for the Chargers and Bills. Chargers. I'm going with a gut feeling against the, the Bucks. You just can't pick against Tom Brady, and I've usually learned that's paid off well. So. Sunday night, the Bears at the Packers. Wow. This is uh, this brings back memories of the good old rivalry between the Bears and the Packers. And it's... When it was a rivalry. <laughs> it, it feels so weird to have it all the way in week 12, so late in the season. But I'm going to go with the Bears here because Trubisky is is probably going to start this one. If it were Nick Foles, I think I would have to go Packers. But Yeah, I mean, you said it right. Um, just maybe the spark. I mean, the fact that when Foles went in week three, it provided a spark to the team. Trubisky can provide that same spark to the Bears now. I mean, he's not coming off the bench, but he's going to be there and he's – He's been working with these guys for years now. Some and he's he knows them. They know him. They trust him. Maybe more so than they trusted Foles, even though they trusted Foles a lot and they respected Foles. But just like coming off of this game, he has something to prove. And um, I think we'll get a pretty good performance. And I think, thank you for reminding me this in our little Zoom chat here that I forgot to mention the Rams and the 49ers game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams on this one. I'm also taking the Rams. Um, Niners just aren't the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And with all the injuries, just all the injuries (laughs) that happened, it just shows how what can happen when you're – key players aren't there. So. Yeah. That 49ers roster is just absolutely devastated. And just by the way, the Rams played on Monday night, beating the Bucks, who we just talked about. They're the better team. So I'm taking the Rams. All right. Closing off the week, the Thanksgiving weekend slate, Seahawks at the Eagles, the Battle of the Birds. Wow. It's a rematch of – Last year's playoff performance 
except instead of Josh McCown, the Eagles have Carson Wentz. Is <laughs> a bunch of an upgrade? <laughs> I, I, I would argue that this year Carson Wentz might be a, a downgrade from Josh McCown. Cool to pull him off for the Texans practice squad before the game starts. <laughs> Find yeah, some way to... <laughs> just fly him out of there real quick. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm taking the Seahawks here. So am I. Taking the Seahawks. Can't go wrong with Russell Wilson. Yeah, and a, a lot has gone wrong with Carson Wentz. Exactly. A very good point. All right, so I think that was uh pretty good. Um anything else you'd like to add before we close off? Gobble gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> And we'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening to the By the Voices podcast. We'll, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving and rest of the week. We'll be back next week with another episode. Don't forget to follow us at BillMalink15 and Trent, Trenton underscore Cito. Please stay safe and wear a mask.